I became disabled in 1993. I think it was around 2003 that I, I just heard the words, second life. I had no information about it at all, just those two words. And I thought, that's exactly what I need, a second life. The first thing to know is it is not a game. Do not think of it as a game. You can do anything you like on Second Life. You can be a businessman and work in an office. You can be a dancer. You can be a slave owner in a dark castle. There are no limits to what you can do on Second Life. You will find there are occasionally islands which are private islands and don't want visitors. And if you try to go to them, you'll find you can't reach them. But they're in the minority. In the main, you can go anywhere you like. It's split into three types. There is the sort of PG areas, which are suitable for anyone, no sex, no violence, no swearing, no nudity, etc. Then there is the moderate areas. They are, well, as you imagine, they allow some things. They allow nudity, but they don't allow, allow sex in the middle of the field, you know. They're more liberal. Then there are the adult areas, which are on um, a separate continent. There is no censorship there. Beware. Don't go to the adult area and think, oh, it'll be okay. It won't be okay, because they don't have any restrictions there at all. And um, you need to know what you're doing to go to the adult area. Second life is, is huge. There are more sims or land areas on second life than you could possibly imagine if you go to the map and start looking at one sim and then pull back and pull back and pull back you will be end up looking at like stars in the sky if you went on second life every day all day 24 hours a day for the rest of your life you couldn't see all of it when you start with a, a sim a simulated piece of land, an island, let's say. It's a green square. That's it. What you do with it after that, how you terraform it and make it into hills and valleys and rivers and plant trees and, and generally, or, or maybe not, you might want it as a space thing. You might want it as something floating around the universe that doesn't look anything like ground. 
Whatever you want it to look like, it's up to you to make it look that way. But you can go on to Marketplace of Second Life, which is a separate website, which sells everything you could possibly want on Second Life, from clothes to magic spells to scripting to make things happen to castles even imitation rivers although of course second life has its own very good uh, water it took me about a year before i had the big revelation to create chiroscuro and magic which are my sims and to make this sanctuary for all glbt people I had been on Second Life then about a year and I went to a memorial service on Second Life where people had attended from all over the world um, and it was about a young man who had been so persecuted and beaten up in real life for being gay that he took his own life and it was a very moving ceremony and uh, brought me to tears There wasn't anywhere that was welcoming to all kinds of GLBT people at that time. I decided I would do something about this. I would move heaven and earth to make a place on Second Life where every gender and every sexuality could come and they would be accepted. There would be no discrimination on grounds of gender or sexuality or age, or disability, or nationality, any of these things. I set this up and I found I had a talent for holding themed parties. And I've been holding themed parties every week. I started every fortnight and then the demand was strong so they asked me to do it every week people said we'd love to come do some more so um, I'm known as the party king I have two sims two islands on second life and I um, I hold as I say a, a themed party every weekend this Saturday coming it's belly dance for the last eight years we have been doing fantasy gay pride this year we're doing gay icons um, we have about six or seven creators and they all make different areas we rent a sim from linden labs who owns second life and we create this sim in three weeks flat we usually have about two thousand people that come to that well first of all you need the one thing i have you need excellent djs and we do have excellent djs in Chiroscuro, whatever theme you throw at them, be it 1920s swing or an underwater party or a space age party, whatever theme I throw at them, they come up with the most amazing music, most of which I've never heard before. You then need a very good dance ball, which we call a chimera. The chimera is a big ball, you put it in the middle of your party area, people click on it and they can dance. These cost money because they're usually done by motion capture, the dances, so they're very, very good. You might spend mm, 
£20 on a decent chimera and you need to go and shop for the dances and buy the ones you want for it. Whether you can dance in real life or not, you'll certainly feel like you are dancing and uh, there have been reports of people who have lost the ability to walk finding, well, I can walk on Second Life so I can walk in real life and it has had such a big effect on them they have slowly learnt to walk again in real life. I do still walk but not far. A few steps, that's it. But I definitely appreciate being able to do all the physical things on Second Life that, that I can't do in real life. I mean, yes. Uh, I don't really notice a lack now, whereas before Second Life came along, I certainly did notice a big lack. So a uh, big gap in my life, which is not there anymore. It was a very steep learning curve for me because I had never played computer games before. I didn't even know how to use the arrow buttons to move to walk around. That's how stupid I was when I first went on. I mean, it takes you a few days to learn to fly without crashing into the nearby buildings. Everyone can fly. It's estimated that a year on Second Life feels like four years in real life because there's no travelling. You can teleport wherever you want to go. So in a day, I could pack in four times as many activities without it feeling rushed as I could in real life if I was, you know, a normal person. You can decide when you first go on that you want to look at an art gallery and pretty well most of the major art galleries of the world are on Second Life. You can just go and walk around them. Um, and I decided to do that and then I decided, well, I'm never going to get the chance to go up the Eiffel Tower, I wonder. And I put in Eiffel Tower as a search and I, within literally 10 seconds, I was going up the Eiffel Tower. You might go to a lunchtime dance and you might go to a party then and you have a party for a couple of hours. The sheer freedom of it can make finding you, the real you, difficult in that everyone thinks that the real them is the real world. I don't see it that way. Once you become disabled, you see it differently. I want to be the me that I would be if I had been born into the right body, if I didn't have the disability, if I didn't have financial restrictions, and I didn't have my real life responsibilities, then what would I be? And that is a whole new you that you have, it takes you time to discover. It took me about a year to find me. And I'm a trans, so I was very confused about exactly what gender to go on as. So I originally went on as a sort of person between the genders who wore ballet shoes and a pink tutu and wings. And people would come up to me on Second Life and ask what gender I was. People didn't do that in those days. You went on as male or female. You certainly didn't go on as something between. 
I somehow got myself into a relationship um, after I'd been on the, I don't know, nine months, let's say. I met this lady on this healing island and she told me, people do like to tell me things, she told me that she was in fact the other gender, that she was changing over in real life, she was transgender. We got on very well and I changed my avatar for her so that I would look right for her and we laughed and laughed and laughed because the moment I did that we knew we were going to be lovers and we were for about a year. That was the start of learning to find me. It, it, it all sort of happened all at once. When I met her, I knew who I was, which is quite a strange thing to say, I know, but I, I just knew. I know, and in the moment I put on a particular shape and a particular skin and a particular gender, I thought, yes, I've come home, this is me. This is who I am. And I've stayed that way ever since. I haven't changed. And I've been on 10 years. I would say my avatar is, is me. Absolutely. And so is my real life person. They're also, that, that is also me. They overlap dramatically. I have a very supportive male partner in real life who is a, an unusual man, but he is not a trans. He supports me on Second Life. And in fact, when I got married on Second Life about four years ago, he came to the wedding on Second Life. He's not normally on Second Life and he's not my friend. He's actually now, we've recently married, he's my husband. We've been together 30 years. Mm, very rarely goes on Second Life. He, he goes on to help me out with filming and things like that. If I'm performing, I can't film myself as well. So that's what he comes on to do. He comes on to film the, the drag act and then that goes on, on YouTube. My partner is an artist type. Um, and quite a loner. He likes to spend a lot of time doing his own art in different ways. Photography he does and all sorts of things. So he's not somebody who spends a lot of time with me anyway. But it was funny because we the only bone of contention between us because we'd always been perfectly suited to each other was that I felt he didn't spend enough time with me. And he felt that I was too demanding and wanted too much time, so there was that. I got on Second Life, and after six months on Second Life, he said to me, I hardly see you anymore. And I said, well, I waited 20 years. It was the fact that I had something that was as important to me 
as his art was to him. So now when we see each other, it's like an event, you know. I do see him every day and I see him several times a day, but only for short periods. You go on Second Life and you get a choice of avatars, whether you want to be a creature or whether you want to be a human or an elf or a pixie or what you want to be is up to you, as I say, your choice, which is vast. So you go onto the marketplace and you look at all the avatars and you think, oh, I don't think much of that. Oh, maybe that one. Oh, I don't know. And it's a big decision to find your first one. What I did eventually, because you, you change avatars a few times till you find you, I bought one that was actually modifiable. They're not usually modifiable. I was lucky enough to find one that was modifiable. In other words, I could change it slightly if I wanted to. And I found a very good looking male avatar, but he wasn't good enough. So, with trembling hand, because I'm not the most, um, I wasn't, I certainly wasn't the most clever person on Second Life at the time, I spent four hours doing minute changes to his face until I liked it, until I loved his face, and then I thought, that's it, save it, save it, and saved it, and that's what I've looked like ever since, but I have changed my skin. I had a tanned skin when I started, and now I have a a dark drow skin, which is a sort of matte charcoal, which I shove body oil over the top and face lights and body lights because I'm incredibly vain. <laughs> Can't be vain in real life, but I can be on second life, so there we are. I'm no different in personality in real life than second life. And I'm Greville O. I have always been Greville O on Second Life. I am wondering about also changing my real life name to Greville O. It would make life easier. If you met me, you would see a title over my head which says Greville O, Prince of Chiroscuro. Everyone has something over their head that identifies them with their name. Then if you click on me, you will get my profile come up and it will tell you all about me, what I'm interested in, the groups I belong to. In my case, it will obviously tell you all about Kairoscuro and the parties and about my closest friends. So you can get all that without even saying hello to me. The strange thing is that when you meet somebody on Second Life, you're meeting their avatar. So you're thinking, I know from your point of view, you'll be thinking, but I'm not meeting the real them. But in fact, you are meeting the real them. You're meeting the person who they would be if they could be. And you do make friends very, very quickly um, sometimes. You just click with someone like you do in real life. You can go shopping together. There's lots of in-world shops you can go and buy things in. You can go and look around botanical gardens together. You can go horse riding together. In winter, there's plenty of places, including magic on one of my lands, where you can go skiing or snowboarding or whatever like that. You can meet up somewhere for a drink. You can meet up somewhere for lunch, although you can't actually physically 
physically eat or physically you know drink on second life you can look like you are I have met up with somebody for lunch and we both bought the real bottle of wine the same one in real life and drank the wine while chatting so you can break that um, barrier between real life and second life and of course now in recent years we have voice which is optional but if you want to talk on voice you certainly can The most incredible experience that I've had on Second Life was a four-year love affair. In fact, I've had two four-year love affairs, which have both been extraordinary. The first one taught me the nature of love, the real nature of love, which I did not understand before I went on Second Life. It's not that romantic thing that everyone tells you it is. It's every all-consuming emotion that you can feel. Literally, it's higher than any drug. It's higher than anything else you could experience. Maybe the only thing that comes close to it would be performing on stage for me, which I've also done in real life. That was the most incredible love affair. Yes, I just didn't know love was actually, the real love was actually like that. Real love is absolutely mind-blowing. It's not some sweet romantic thing, believe you me. And it was, I think, the most beautiful thing I ever experienced on Second Life, despite the fact that it did carry some amounts of emotional pain with it. But in the main, it was bliss. Bliss is the only word I can think, ecstasy, bliss. When you find the right person, it's amazing. And it is amazing in real life, and it's equally amazing on Second Life. And it's luck, it's pure luck. And the same thing happened the second time when I had a four-year relationship. This person was at a, a midsummer solstice party in the meadow. And even though they were hiding behind another avatar, it didn't stop me seeing them. And it was like I could feel this amazing energy coming from them. And I thought, that's for me. And I, I literally, I never do this. I never go after anybody, but I went after them. And, uh, yeah, we, we were together four years. It was, it, that's a long time on Second Life. The biggest sexual organ is the brain. So, it is. You may think, no, people have to actually be able to touch each other. No, you don't, actually. If you feel as if you're touching someone, then you're touching someone. And so this, this relationship worked very well. Um, ultimately, we went our separate ways, which often happens on Second Life. Did I ever meet them in real life? No, I haven't. They didn't want to. Which is fine. Um, you, you know, if you accept was my first lover on Second Life. We very nearly did meet up in real life, but it was difficult for him to do so. But he, he, he was keen and I was keen. We were both very keen to meet up, but it didn't happen.
but I had a dream where we were in Venice and we were in this beautiful old room overlooking the canal with a huge bed with lots of crumpled white sheets and we were standing at the window looking down at the canal and he was sort of standing behind me because he's very tall and sort of holding me and we we're both looking down at the canal and I told him about this dream and he said oh Venice my favorite city in the world and I never you know it was things like that he'd never told me he loved Venice so we we sort of met up Yes, I enjoy Second Life more than real life, I think. Although, there are some things in real life, obviously, that I treasure. I have beautiful cats, dogs, and my real life partner. But generally, on a 24-hour sort of day, I would rather be on Second Life most of the time. Well, for me, it certainly is, is a healthy thing to do, because I think that my sanity would have um, gone without it. Um, definitely. I just wouldn't have been able to do all the things that I can now do, and I've learnt so much. You can't complain about Second Life. It's a bit like saying, I'm tired of the world. If you're tired of Second Life, you're tired of the world and everything in it. You're not just watching something on Second Life, you are Second Life. Everything on Second Life is made by the residents of Second Life. So you're only limited by your own imagination. Good, very good, makes me feel very good, yes. Um, what makes me feel even better though, is I'm not just floating around enjoying myself. I'm actually doing something positive to help GLBT people. Um, there are lots of appreciation note cards that have been sent to me by people who say this is a real sanctuary for me. I know that I'm accepted here. I come here often. Um, some people have said, I come here with my morning coffee every day and I sit on your beautiful island and I know that I am safe. I know that I am respected. That I won't be discriminated against. And uh, and they love the parties, so yeah, it makes me feel good that I can do something constructive. In case you didn't know, Everyone Else is a photographic podcast, which means that we post pictures and portraits of our interviewees and the details of their lives on our Instagram and Twitter pages. Sign up on at Everyone Studio to follow us there. We will be posting photos and videos of the inner world of Greville O's second life over the coming week. If you haven't gauged from the podcast how complex, detailed and vast second life is, this is where you'll see it. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please take the time to rate and review it on iTunes. You can subscribe on Acast, a podcasting platform that will suggest other podcasts that you might like to listen to. 
and one that I particularly like because it shows the portrait of each interviewee on your phone or tablet as you're listening. There you can listen to past series and also subscribe to hear more stories from everyone else in future.